It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. All right. Well, tough news for the Oilers today. They have put goaltender Mike Smith on long-term injured reserve. Olivier Rodrigue, who'd been playing in Austria, has been recalled to be on the taxi squad. He's going to have to travel, though, and go through quarantine. Stuart Skinner was activated as the emergency goaltender last night. And, of course, Miko Koskinen wound up starting both games against the Canucks. He made 38 saves last night in a 5-2 victory. Reed Wilkins with you. Bob Stoffer from Oilers now hopping on the show to uh, discuss this breaking news. Bob, thanks for coming on on short notice here. And this has sort of gone on for about, I guess, the last 30 hours or so, early yesterday afternoon. Kippett didn't commit to Smith starting last night. He mentioned a couple players with bumps and bruises. Smith not on the ice for a well-attended optional skate today. And uh, now we get the uh, the tough news. And as you pointed out, 10 games or 24 days. So we're looking first week of February before he could be eligible. Yeah, Reed, it's interesting. Uh, there was a confluence of events that really started on Tuesday, uh, you know, when Anton Forsberg got placed on waivers. I, I know I, there, there's a couple guys out there that are kind of goalie gurus in terms of uh, media sources around the league, and they know all the goalie coaches and stuff. And uh, uh, one of the guys was surprised that Forsberg ultimately got claimed by uh, Carolina because they had the AHL goaltender of the year two years ago, uh, Alex Najelkovic, Reed, and they also signed Antoine Bebo. So they already had Bebo down, but they wanted to make sure they got Najelkovic down to be their third string goalie, and they claimed Forsberg as a backup. Now that coincided on the same day in which the New Jersey Devils had to address the situation because Corey Crawford elected to retire a couple days earlier, and the Winnipeg Jets put Eric Comrie on waivers. Uh, the Devils were doing their uh, due diligence uh, on Comrie. Uh, who played his developmental hockey in the U.S. I'm not sure if that changed things from a quarantine perspective. I, I, he may have actual dual citizenship, and maybe it's different in terms of returning to the States. What does this all mean? Well, Carolina claims Forsberg. Then they put him back on waivers once they stashed Najelkovic. So, the, you know, we got the news yesterday when, when uh, at the optional skate. Um, Mike Smith wasn't out there, Reed. That, that became concerning. Um, Koskinen played great last night. The, it this morning, the Oilers needed to get some positive news on Forsberg, but Winnipeg uh, now needed a th- number three organizational goalie. And so they claimed Forsberg to replace Comrie. Uh, Forsberg was signed to a one-way deal. Usually you sign a third-string goalie on a one-way deal to ward off opposition teams picking them up on waivers. Uh, the pandemic has changed things a bit. The Maple Leafs, as an example, Reed, they have four goalies. Uh, they, they have Hutchinson on a two-way. They signed Dell. They have Jack Campbell. And obviously, they have their starter, Freddie Anderson. And it uh, sounds like they're going to keep the, the three guys between Dell Campbell and Freddie Anderson on active all year. Of course, their farm team is also in Toronto. Winnipeg's farm team is in Winnipeg. So lots of balls in the air here. And... Uh, 
the confluence of events, Forsberg uh, being exposed because the Oilers wanted to have a good third string goalie. That's why they stepped up and signed him to a one year, uh, one 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 year one way deal. And then the Smith injury is obviously going to complicate Matt. Well, it's not going to complicate matters. It's going to simplify matters. Reed, w- right now, Miko Miko Koskinen is option one, option one A, option one B, <laughs> and option one C for the for- foreseeable future. Yeah, and, and Forsberg has been claimed by by the Jets just to clarify his journey so far though i think he's still physically in in edmonton but uh all right so and look i I know we're going to get asked a lot of questions about what the oilers might do i I mean like uh, maddie put out do they sign jimmy howard or keith kincaid you mentioned hutchinson do they trade for hutchinson they're not in a great spot to go shopping for a trade because teams know that um well they're competing against the they're competing against the, tr- the, the the teams in Canada, and those are the only guys you can get here relatively quickly. Like uh, Troy Grosnick got waived by the LA Kings uh, this morning. He's been placed on waivers, but you're looking at 14 days before you could even get him here. So, you know, he would have to quarantine for 14 days. Uh, you know, um, there there is going to be the Oilers elected to protect nine defensemen, uh, and 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 that you know certainly seven. You, you know every team in the league protects seven or eight, so that kind of comes with the territory. Again, I, when I talked to somebody on Sunday about the possibility of uh, Forsberg getting claimed, this guy and he knows his stuff with goalies, so he's a guy that does some media stuff, but also does some goalie school stuff. He said point blank he did not expect Forsberg to get waived or to uh, get claimed, and he did. And the actually, Reed, if you take a look at the wheels in motion, this this whole thing started with New Jersey because suddenly they were desperate, and mm-hmm. and because ultimately Comrie going to New Jersey is why Forsberg. Now here's the catch: if Winnipeg at some point puts Forsberg to the taxi squad, the Oilers at that point would have a chance to claim him. And but you know what? Right now, uh, I don't I don't see the Jets doing that. I think they're good. the other thing, Reed, is think about it. You have a taxi squad. You can just, you know, have one forward or one extra defenseman and then have a goalie as your third player on your active roster in that situation because you have the taxi squad right there for the year. So um, you and me are going to have to be dealing with this over the the, the short term. And we are going to read there's one positive out of this, okay? We're going to find out whether or not Miko Koskinen can carry the mail here because the Oilers are going to have no other choice. Is he at a better place now than he was uh, basically at this time two years ago when they stopped playing Cam Talbot and before they traded him and brought in Stolers to back him up? Yeah, and he, play, he played a ton. I'm just looking back at that March and April when he played. I think Stolers only started one game. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, he was about 500, but he had a. I mean, he had that rough night in Vegas. He got pulled at home against New Jersey. Gave up six against Colorado, second game of the year. He still had some good performances, but uh, he looked fatigued at times. Like, is is there? I'll throw this one at you. Is there any way Stuart Skinner gets a start in the next two weeks if they don't have somebody else around? Uh, of course there is. If if there's an injury, he gets a start. When's their well, first, fair enough. But when's their when's their first back to back? January thirtieth and thirty first. So in two weeks. Uh, and they got Toronto and Ottawa back to back. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then and then the game, the first game in February is against Ottawa. Then they kind of have the mini buy, the three days off that some Canadian teams are going to get yeah. because of the yeah. seven teams. And then that's that tenth game is Ottawa February second. But the thing is, we don't really know how bad Smith's injury is. 
right now we don't even know what the injury is. We just know he's not on COVID protocol, Reed. So uh, right. uh, I, I, we don't even know what it is. And maybe we'll get some clarity tomorrow morning from the Oilers. But uh, no question, tough break. No question where you're going to get questioned, especially based on what the, Le- the Leafs did. Uh, the Leafs have Mike Hutchinson on a two-way deal. He's already down. And they've got three guys currently on their active roster. And they're just going to flip-flop a forward and flip-flop a D. Edmonton went a little bit different route. And, and again, if you had told me a week ago today that Anton Forsberg was going to get claimed, I would have said no. Because pretty much everybody has a third-string goalie. And it's just the way the confluence of events worked out here. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying uh, a week ago at this time, it, it seemed unlikely that Forsberg would get claimed. Maybe it increased by Monday because of what happened with New Jersey. But, he, I mean, New Jersey didn't claim. It was actually Carolina electing to take the route. that because. Uh, and now, I don't 100% know, Reed. You're not technically supposed to know who are the other teams. It's, there's a distinct possibility at that time Carolina was the only team that claimed them. Because he got he got uh, waived the same day that uh, Comrie got waived, so maybe the Jets thought Comrie was going to get through too. So they, you know, they they wouldn't have claimed him at that time. So we'll have to monitor this moving forward. But the Oilers are going to need a good stretch here for Miko. Bob, thanks for doing this sure. on short notice. I appreciate it, man. See you tomorrow. S- sorry, I talked too much. See you, Reed. <laughs> no, that was perfect. That's <laughs> okay. Bob for checking in, host of Oilers now, and our color commentator for our games here at six thirty. Chad. So that's the. The headline news for the Oilers today, it is tough news. Mike Smith on long-term injured reserve. So he has to miss 10 games or 24 days. I mentioned the 10 days. That takes him, the the 10 games from now is October, October is February 2nd against Ottawa. And then the next Oilers game is February 6th at Calgary. But again, we don't know how bad this injury is. Um, You know, Tippett talked about a couple players having bumps and bruises. That was yesterday and then you know they uh they activated skinner off the taxi squad so we knew something was up with one of the goalies we suspected it was probably smith and then he's not on the ice at all today and now he's on long-term injured reserve so this is a tough one for the Oilers. you can chime in 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text uh miko koskinen he's he's gonna have to play a ton um very likely and again, when he did that late February and all of March and to the end of the regular season in 2019, he definitely had some tough nights. I know that was really when uh, the criticism of his glove hand picked up. Um, you know, I'm looking at some of his games there. He had a uh, quite a bad night against Colorado, let in six on 29 shots. He let in four on 21 against Anaheim. Uh, he had a, a bad game against New Jersey, let in 14 on 18 shots. Now, that Oilers team was going nowhere. They were out of the playoffs. They were playing a lot of minor league guys, especially at forward. Uh, you know, Ken Hitchcock was the head coach, and we were pretty sure he wasn't coming back. So, you know, it wasn't a team that was as good in front of him as this year's team, but. Uh, he didn't, you know, handle that stretch incredibly well. Last season, the 71-game shortened season, on only one occasion did he start a game, did he play on back-to-back nights. On a Friday night, he beat St. Louis at Rogers Place, and then he played the third period of the game in Calgary on the Saturday when Mike Smith got kicked out for fighting Cam Talbot. So, And, and he came in with a lead in that one. Now, again, he doesn't have to play on back-to-back nights, until potentially the end of this month but 
he's playing every second night and four and six here off the hop and some challenging stretches. So that's the story for the Oilers. Will they be able to hold up in goal here as we go through the rest of the month? 780-496-0063. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Middle of the second period, Flyers lead Pittsburgh 3-2. Capitals up 1-0 on the Sabres. Lightning lead Chicago 3-0. And uh, also all these games around the middle of the second period. Maple Leafs and Senators tied 1-1. Blues and Avalanche coming up at 7. Oilers tomorrow against the Montreal Canadiens. Our face-off show on 6.30. Chad will start at 3.30. The game will start at 5. All right, we'll get to some other news. Kelly Rudy's coming up inside sports on Chet. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Kelly Rudy is coming up after the 6.30 news. Randy Chevrier, former CFL and NFL long snapper, uh, recently went through a tough battle with cancer, and uh, he's going to share that tale. It's a pretty emotional one. I think you'll want to stick around for that. That's between 7 and 7.30. 780-496-0063. Han is on the line. Thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good, good. Hey, so what do you think Ken Holland has up his sleeve today? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I mean, they might have put in a claim for Forsberg to get him back, but the Jets were lower in the standings last season, so that's that's why they got him. I, I'm really not sure what he's going to do for a goaltender. I mean, does he bring in? Do, do you bring in Jimmy Howard because you knew him from Detroit, or do you just try to ride through these three weeks and see what Koskinen can do? I, I, I honestly don't know what's up his sleeve. What yeah, do you think? I, I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that I do have faith in Kenny. You know, he's a Hall of Famer. He's changing his team around. So far, I have a good faith in him. I think the Oilers are okay with him on our squad. So, okay. good things are happening. And consider that Thomas McLean. Thank you. All right. Appreciate your call. 780-496-0063. Sorry, I lost him a bit there uh, at, at the end. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, like I said, I, Bob and I talked about some of the goalies' names that are out there. Um, like, here's the thing you're bringing in wh- whoever you bring in is probably not going to be considered one of the 62 best goaltenders in pro hockey. If you consider there are 31 teams and they each have a number one and a number two. Um, so I, I realize a lot of you have had concerns about Mike Smith. I, I think I share those concerns to at least some degree, given how up and down he was last year, played briefly in the playoffs and didn't do great. So any, anybody you're bringing in is probably more of a safety net in case also Koskinen can't play. I, I You're not going to bring in somebody who's going to split time with Koskinen. Whether you go with Koskinen and Skinner for the next 10 games or whether you, you, know, you trade for Hutchinson or whoever, Koskinen's playing the bulk of the games, if not all of them anyway. I think that's just the reality of what it's like when one of your top two goalies go down. Uh, Don says, Reed, is Olivier Rodrigue a possible backup? Well, yeah, but he's got to get here, and then he's got to quarantine. He and Skinner are both prospect goaltenders. They're going to assign Rodrigue to the the taxi squad. So, sure, he could be the backup. You know, again, how likely is it that one of those two guys would play and make their NHL debut? 
probably not that likely as Bob and I were talking about maybe on the back-to-back weekend January 30th and 31st against Ottawa and Toronto it might it's going to depend how they look in practice uh how the team is doing I, I mean look if if the team does really well over the next few games might you say okay to give Koskinen a night off we're going to put in one of the other two goalies yeah maybe I, I mean Rodrigue is from everything I've heard, he's he's the number one pros- goalie prospect in the Oilers organization. And he's been playing over in Austria. Rodrigue uh, was drafted in 62nd overall in 2018. So he's younger than Skinner. In Austria this year, he's got a 311 goals against average and a 908 save percentage. He was still in junior last year. Skinner has at least played pro hockey for the last couple of years, though you know, last season with Bakersfield, he was uh, he was okay. His uh, his save percentage was, I believe, it was eight ninety two. I'm just going to double check it here. Yeah, so Skinner Skinner was drafted seventy eighth in twenty seventeen. He played. He got traded from Lethbridge to Swift Current when they had that really good uh, junior team a couple of years ago. His first year of pro, primarily in Wichita in the ECHL. Last year, primarily Bakersfield in the AHL, he played 41 games, only played three for Wichita. With Bakersfield, Skinner was a 3.31 goals against average and an 8.92 save percentage in the AHL. So those numbers alone don't suggest, okay, he's ready to play, you know, a third of the games here moving along in the NHL. So that's the situation the Oilers are in. They may be able to add somebody scouring the waiver wire, signing an an old veteran, something like that, at least somebody that has NHL experience. But I would still think it's unlikely that guy would play a lot. Somebody writing in, I think Koskinen deserves some credit here. He just played back-to-back games and was better in the second one. Let's not act like he's a scrap heap goaltender. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. All, All I'm saying is when he had to play a large string of games late in the 2019 season, there were definitely some signs of fatigue that, that you saw. Also, the Oilers roster was not, I mean, they were going nowhere, right? They, they were an also-ran. They knew they were an also-ran. They'd fired their GM. They'd changed coaches that year. They had probably about a third of the lineup as, as minor league players. So it wasn't like he was playing against behind a really great team that was trying to focus on the playoffs either. That is the Oilers situation. It is a tough one. Still 3-2, Philadelphia leading Pittsburgh, seven and a half left in the second period. Leafs up 2-1 on the Senators. That's halfway through the second period as well. Kelly Rudy is going to check. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Again, Inside Sports on 630 Chat. night against Vancouver thought he was a bit quiet on Wednesday night in the loss he and Nugent Hopkins and McDavid a lot of pressure they set a tone 
early in the game and the Oilers rolled from there. McDavid with his seventh regular season hat trick in the NHL. A couple of goals for Nugent Hopkins. Tyson Berry picked up his first point as an Oiler. Yamamoto continues uh, to look good, though he has <laughs> taken the three penalties in the two games. One of those for sure might have been a bit questionable. But uh, yeah, overall, pretty good game last night for the Edmonton Oilers as uh, they get in the win column and are one and one as are the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow's game against the Habs 3:30 face-off show here on 6:30, Chet and the game will start at five I am pleased to welcome back for another season of weekly appearances here on Inside Sports former NHL goaltender Kelly Rudy Kelly how are you doing I'm doing really well, Reed. Uh, start of the NHL season, and uh, it's so exciting to see the hockey back. And, um, you know, I think everybody's trying their best to just forge ahead and uh, uncertain times ahead. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm just really trying to focus simply on little things, you know, getting things done around the house and uh, make sure we're still doing all the right things and also making sure that uh, I'm ready for the broadcast. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's, it's great to be, have games to talk about again and a uh, really exciting night last night for McDavid and the Oilers. Everybody's asking me what's different for me. I say a couple things. Now, I was not in the bubble where there were no fans. I was at Chet for the Oilers games. I was at the two games at Rogers Place. The, the things that I noticed the most is you don't get the fan reaction after goals. So yeah. the big cheer when the Oilers score, that kind of, you know, let down yeah. noise when they give one up. And I really miss that, that it goes from quiet, building, 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 filling up, fans getting noisier, you can hear the chatter, and then that opening face-off. The strangest moment for me was, even when the Oilers come out for the warm-up, you know, there's usually that little cheer and some yeah. fans are waiting, and it's just like, oh, no, like it's it's like it's a minor hockey warm-up, and they're just... <laughs> So those are the those are the two things that were most different for me so far. Yeah, you're so right. The fan experience, like uh, we didn't go to Winnipeg uh, to do the broadcast. We tried our best. We uh, Rick Ball and I, uh, Ryan Leslie and Cassie Campbell Pascal did intermissions, and uh, the four of us uh, we did it from the Saddle Dome. And so again, that's very very unique. Uh, calling it off a monitor, I hadn't called a game off a monitor since. Uh, Sochi and so that's been quite a while ago that's what almost seven years ago now um and that was uh, you know you can do it and it's it's actually not that bad the problem is and I got into this uh, yesterday because it simply uh had forgotten not to sort of guess what might hap be happening so the Flames took two consecutive penalties to put Winnipeg on a five on three power play and uh and I said and then they took a timeout, and then I said something like, well, here's what I kind of think might happen, who they might uh, try and set up. And I talked about Shifley. Well, <laughs> we didn't have, you know, we had no idea who was on the ice for Winnipeg. I just assumed he's always going to be on the ice, right, especially on a five-on-three, and he wasn't even on the ice. So I learned my lesson there that don't guess who might be on the ice if you can't see any players. Just go by what the, the monitor is showing you. So good little lesson, but little things like that. But you're right also about the fans. Like it seemed really, I don't know, kind of empty to a certain degree because after the game, you know, you wrap up, you do your post-game hit. There's no fans to deal with leaving the, the building. There's no traffic whatsoever. And you're like, well... Every time I leave the Saddle Dome after a Flames game, it takes me at least half an hour or more to get uh, out of the parking lot and on my way or something like that. 
And, you know, I'm home in 20 minutes. So that was kind of nice, but I still miss the fans dearly in that sense. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, whoever loge, whoever loge table I'm at for our broadcast, I thank them. It's that that's an incredible view of Rogers place. I bet. And and I should remind people when you played like fans would be hanging over the tunnel to touch Kelly Rudy, get up at five, um, you know, (laughs) tell you just, they loved you. Not in the visiting rinks they didn't, I can tell you that. Some of the comments that came my way were just ruthless, holy. But uh, that's all part of the experience, though, right? And then, uh, uh, yeah, you you really do miss that. I, I remember sometimes the roar was so loud in a building. It didn't matter if it was my own building or the other building. You know, the hair on the back of your neck kind of stands up, and you got to try and collect your thoughts and and focus just because the, the noise is thundering. And it's uh, it's something that we won't experience this entire season. So we have to find other ways, I think, to sort of uh, experience it and accept it. I know also another little thing on the broadcast yesterday, after a goal was scored, um, in particular when it's in a home building, you sort of have to let the the experience or the moment breathe, right? You don't want to just Rick Ball calls the goal and then just seconds later, no, you don't jump in. You let it breathe. You let the audience, you know, that noise, the cheering and all that sort of happen. And, you know, they, they had that piped in noise, but it just wasn't quite the same. And I think I most likely jumped in a lot sooner than I normally would. And because I just didn't have the same sort of atmosphere to let that breathe. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. So the Oilers bounce back. McDavid gets the hat trick. Drysaddle gets four assists. Nude scores twice. Yamamoto gets two assists. I think I'm really going to remember that goal where the Oilers had the faceoff with two and a half seconds yeah. left in the period. And if the puck went in with 0.8. They actually had time to spare. Drysaddle, Tippett said, the dry sidle, he asked Drysaddle, who do you want? And he said, I want a right shot. And Rob Brown noticed he yeah. moved Yamamoto over about five inches. Wow. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever had a goal for or against goal, like where you think, okay, the period's over. But th- I mean, oh, yeah. that's, that's a deflating one for Vancouver too. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I let in one, uh, Willie Plett scored on me. It was a tie game in the old Met Center in uh, Minnesota. And uh, I think it was like 2-2. So I played pretty well, and I let my focus get away from me. And Willie Plett scored with one second left in the game on me, and it was a shot from well out. And, uh, man, it, it just it drives home that lesson that you can never uh, lose your focus. You, you've got to be ready the entire time. And I think the Canucks probably feel the same way, that, okay, we're in a good situation here with 2.6 seconds left. And I remember a goal that the LA Kings scored a couple, three, four, five years ago, uh, on Boston, I think there's 1.8 seconds left in the period or something. So certainly possible. It doesn't happen very often, but who else? But uh, who would organize that other than uh, Dreisaitl and uh, McDavid? And Yamamoto's uh, beneficiary of a beautiful uh, face-off win. But still, I mean, uh, that's I watched the highlights because, of course, I was working last night. And you just can't get enough of those two guys, in particular McDavid, when that rush where he scored on the power play and it made it appear to Alex Edler, whom I happen to think is a pretty good defender. And uh, all of a sudden at the very last second, 
and I'm sure you and Rob talked about it in the broadcast, the moment that it looked as though Edler was going to start a crossover, what does McDavid do? He puts on the brakes, cuts to the middle, and I thought Edler still did a really good job of recovering, and yet McDavid is still able to uh, put it past Demko. Just an amazing goal, really. Yeah, well, and he, McDavid talked about that in the preseason where he said, I need to have, I'm always trying to find more ways to attack, yeah. which yeah. is the last thing goalies and defensemen want to hear. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought, oh, he's got him wide again. And then just bang, right? into the middle and, and, and fires at home. And, you know, if he hits his spot, I think from right between the hash marks, that's a tough save for any goaltender. But but the the great the great players are always diversifying their game yeah. and they don't want to be predictable though sometimes you feel like mcdavid might just be able to skate by everybody but but he's looking for that little edge all the time unbelievable now i think most likely every single defenseman in the league or at least in the scotia north division watched that and now they're worried about that that oh my gosh all of a sudden i'm so afraid of dry or uh, mcdavid anyways uh, and now I'm, I'm most likely going to back up a little bit more because if I, if I ever have to even think of turning and crossing over, he's just going to cut back to the middle. And so there's another element of his game that uh, puts all the defensemen, uh, uh, you know, with with another thought in their head, which you don't need when you're playing. You don't need all these extra thoughts. It's already hard enough to play. And when you're now thinking, uh, trying to think ahead of what another guy's going to do, like uh, McDavid, you're in big, big trouble. The Oilers' depth, lack of it, has been a big discussion over the last two or three years. It's hoped they'll have more this year. I think we saw uh, a decent game from the third line yesterday, and, and Pugliarvi looked pretty solid. We'll see what they get over the, the fourth line. They've missed a couple clears that have that have led to uh, goals against and chances against. I don't know, like when you and you you played obviously with a lot of great players, and now you broadcast a lot of great players. What? What's a realistic expectation for for a depth line, like a fourth line? Are, they, are you just thinking, okay, guys, like don't make a mistake, hit and get the puck out, or how, how, what did you expect from the guys, you know, who weren't the, the Gretzkys and mm-hmm. the Davids of the world? You know, that's a great question because uh, for every team you play on and the kind of player that you have in those uh, depth roles, whether it's a third or fourth liner, you sort of have to manage your expectations based on what their skill level is and. And some guys might be in that uh, third or fourth uh, line role, but yet you you view them with more skill than that. And so you, your expectations might be, yeah, even though he's in that position, I still think with his skill set, he's going to get ballpark 15 goals for us. Others, you say, you know, five is a stretch, but they're still as valuable, right? Because they go out there, they're great to, on the four check. Uh, they play a physical game. They can maybe kill penalties really well. So expectations are, I think, just based simply on what you have in terms of uh, talent and um, how you want to play the game. You know, the game is so cool now because, uh, well, it's never been played by more talented athletic players. And so it, it used to be, as we always knew for the longest time, 100 years, you had two top lines, then two bottom lines, and the the difference between the talent level was enormous. Now, I'm not going to tell you that still isn't the case between guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl in the third or fourth lines, but in general, the talent level is a lot closer in today's game from the fourth line to the first line. It's just, that's how the game is played now. Like, you know, you look around 
and almost every single team, they have a real skill component to those bottom six forwards. And that, and that never was the case. So that's kind of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I just look at these guys and I'm, I'm so happy that, uh, you know, they're playing at this quality already, but there is an element to me thinking, you know, in a week or two, we're going to get better games simply because what I've noticed, and it's only been a couple of days now, but there's such huge momentum changes in a game right now. And one team will dominate for 10 minutes or a complete period. And then the next period, it's the exact opposite. And, and so I think that teams are going to have to learn to manage that again. I think they're just so uh, in such a rush just to start the season that, that you know, they, they sort of let their guard down everyone. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In a while, so I think we'll see a little better brand of hockey that way. Yeah. Uh, what do you have this weekend? Tomorrow I have uh, Montreal at Edmonton. I have Toronto at Ottawa. And then we finish up with the late game Vancouver here in Calgary. And then uh, I work again... On Monday, I'm trying to think, Vancouver's here in Calgary, and then I don't work again till the following Saturday. So that's maybe my only sort of uh, light break in the schedule, and then it gets just crazy. So where are you going to be tomorrow? Are you like In my, my home studio, like I did for the majority okay. so of the, you're doing uh, the relaunch. Stuff. Okay, right. I got yeah. you. Okay. I, I, I have to tell you, I was uh, really happy with the way uh, Sportsnet handled it all because everybody has a comfort, different comfort level, right, with travel and so on. And, and uh, my, I didn't want to travel. I told them early on that I was not comfortable traveling, and so they were fantastic. They said, okay, we'll just put in a studio in your house, and if you ever feel more comfortable traveling to Toronto um, in a few months, then great. If not, we're going to just do it this way. So I'm, I'm really... Really pleased with that. I don't know if I told you this, Reed, but uh, man, when I went to Toronto, I think it was for 18 nights in the the final bit of the playoffs. Near the end, it, it, the the COVID cases started to rise, and and it got the best of me mentally. I was just beaten up, and I I was fearful that I was going to uh, contract uh, COVID and stuff, and so that really kind of sunk home to me that no i'm not i'm not in that uh, mindset right now I, I i need time away from that and i just have to sort of hunker down here in my house and do what i can from here yeah well as always you're great and we're glad to have you back for another season here on inside sports you and i always have a have a good time chatting so yes. we appreciate that have fun this weekend watching all the games and we'll do this again next week okay thanks reed that is Kelly Rudy. He'll be on the show every week. Love having him for sure. He will not be joining the Oilers on an emergency basis as they're down a goalie here with Mike Smith going on long-term injured reserve. That's the headline today if you're just joining us. So Stuart Skinner will remain on the Oilers' active roster. He joined on an emergency basis yesterday. They have recalled Olivier Rodrigue from the Austrian League to be on the taxi squad. Terry from uh, Bentley writing in. He says, what about the draft pick Ilya Konovalov that's playing in the KHL? It's the second less league in the world. He's been playing against men. He would be the most common sense person to get if they could bring him over. 
I, okay, Terry, first of all, you make a good point. Konovalov, another uh, good pro- goaltending prospect for the Oilers. He's played 13 games in the KHL for Yaroslav Lokomotiv. He has a 916 save percentage, uh, a win-loss record of 6-5-1, 2.46 goals against average. So he would have been an option. Uh, I mean, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to Ken Holland in the coming days, maybe to clarify uh, the thought process. And, and look, the Oilers still could be trading for picking up another goaltender somehow. I wonder too, Terry, if, because again, whoever comes likely isn't going to play games. So I'm wondering if, if, you know, if they think, okay, just leave Konovalov to keep, keep playing games in the better league, as opposed to Rodrigue, perhaps playing games in the Austrian league, which isn't as good. Maybe that's, that's part of the thinking Terry, but hopefully we can get some clarity there, but you know, fair enough that uh, I, I understand why you'd ask. I suppose you could ask about almost any goaltending prospect at this point, since the orders are now down a goaltender seven, eight, zero, four, nine, six, zero, zero, six, three. If you want to call or text, we're back after the break. <laughs> Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Here's an update of what's happening in the NHL. After two, the Senators up 4-2 on the Maple Leafs. That's Ottawa's first game of the year. Second game for Toronto. Kachuk has one of the goals for the Sens. It is the uh, Lightning leading the Blackhawks 3-2. The Flyers leading the Penguins 3-2. Both of those are in the second intermission. And early in the third, the Capitals up 1-0 on the Sabres. I'm going to have to be careful this year because some of these teams just played last night. So uh, am I doing the right night? I am doing the right night. It is Friday, January 15th. Oilers and Canadians tomorrow, 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30 Chet. And the puck will drop at 5. Again, Mike Smith on long-term injured reserve. That means you miss 10 games or 24 days. So he will uh, be out until the first week of February, at least. I mean, that's the minimum of time, amount of time you have to be out if you're on long-term injured reserve. We do not know the uh, nature of the interview. The Oilers just putting it out there today that he's on LTIR. Uh, you know, I'm getting some texts and stuff about this goalie, that goalie. I, I mean, sure, they're all possible, but easier said than done for, uh, for Ken Holland. Here, here's the thing. Koskinen probably would have been playing more than Smith anyway. I, I think he's become the number one this year. Uh, he Now he's going to have to play pretty much every game until Smith gets back. Could Stuart Skinner st- see a game? Sure. Possibly. Is it a sure thing? I, I, I would say not. I mean, I mean, I think if I think if the Oilers had a younger goalie that they thought was ready to be an NHL backup, they, they wouldn't assign Mike Smith again. And obviously they looked around for somebody who wasn't Mike Smith in the first day and a half of free agency and, and couldn't get anybody. So they brought him back. Obviously not an ideal situation. Anytime a goaltender goes down, we'll just I, well, I mean, we'll see how Koskinen does. He played well last night. Wasn't great on the first night of the season. Really, nobody on the Oilers was. I think that was a, a team loss that included the goaltender, but not just on the goalie. But def, definitely a big story. I mean, what can I tell you? Of course, you'd like to have two uh, guys with NHL experience on the roster, and uh, the Oilers now no longer have that. They do have an incredible power play, and McDavid scored a great goal last night with help from Tyson Berry not touching the puck. Dish it back to McDavid with speed. Down the right wing into the Canucks zone. Score! 
gave it up to Leo. And then I saw Connor was on the left side, I think. So I thought he was going to drop it to me and I'd zip it over to, uh, to Davo, but, um, clearly they had other plans. So I didn't even, I didn't even know Connor was behind me. He just came flying and I'm, I'm glad I missed it. I tried to knock it down. I think I was, I was heading back for a breakout when Connor put it in the net. So I was, uh, still getting used to playing with these guys. Connor and Dreisaitl and Nuge have played together for quite a while on that. So they're, they're, uh, they're kind of just hand in glove and, and what they're trying to do. But Barry is still, he's still getting comfortable there, but he, he certainly adds a different dimension to it. Uh, one, the right-hand shot, too. I think he's, uh, he's more inclined to shoot pucks. And uh, so he's man in the top. And uh, I think he's, he's still in that stage of getting comfortable, but he's done a pretty good job up there. So um, there's still more upside. I think, uh, I think he'll continue to get more and more comfortable as we go. And, um, you know, it looked pretty good last night. We were dangerous last night, created a lot of chances. We got a couple goals on it. But uh, I, th I still think there's a ways to go before we really see it in sync. McDavid, an electrifying power play goal. Long drop pass through the neutral zone from Dreisaitl. Barry was there, almost got in the way, <laughs> but he didn't. And McDavid did the rest. We're back after the news. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.